Hello there. I'm Charlie Ocean, and my pronouns are they, them. Welcome to Allyship is a Verb, a podcast for people practicing allyship for the LGBTQ community and beyond. Hey, my name is Zoa Glows, and I use they, them, she, her pronouns. Of course I had to have Zoa back. I hope their updates give you permission to check in with yourself about living in alignment and adjusting as necessary. If you are new here, please, 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 I'm serious. Go back to the first season, listen to our first episode together. It will help set a lot of necessary context for this update. That said, here are three self-reflection questions. Stick around after the conversation for three more. Number one, do I meditate or any other similar practices? If not, do I want to start? Number two, if I've been misgendered over the phone, how did that feel for me? Number three, are there any relationships where we've both grown over the course of knowing each other? Do we ever talk about those changes? And now, the conversation. I would like to invite everybody to take a breath with us because sometimes we just go, go, go. And um, so we are going to lift our hands and breathe in through our nose and lower our hands and push down and breathe out through our mouth. One more time, breathe in. And breathe out. And if you feel so inclined, you can give yourself a hug. And take one more breath in. And out. <laughs> that was great Thanks. so wild to be like back here with you considering you were like early on in my podcast journey we've talked a lot since because we've developed a really strong friendship which doesn't even feel like the right word for what we have now but yeah it's been a really long time it has <laughs> and in the funny <laughs> that um yeah i think we we're just getting to know each other back in the first podcast yeah mm-hmm. a lot has shifted for both of us last time you said that you're black non-binary trans and questioning has anything changed i am black non-binary trans and pansexual there's more things that are developing uh, <laughs> but we're still working on it and um I just love that uh, some things have stayed the same, but I've also been able to figure out more of who I am, you know? Absolutely. One of the first things that may be a little bit more obvious for folks, especially for those who remember you from the first episode, is that your pronouns have changed. Historically, you were using they, she, he. You have since dropped he. There was a whole reason as to why. So what inspired that change? 
it just stopped feeling good because everybody would always just still use he pronouns and still to this day they do, but it never feels good. And I always notice when they do, even when I tell them, hey, I use they, she pronouns. I just cut it off and was like, nope, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. You know, like sometimes it's like, it's not even like I'm trying to change anything, but like you just listen to what feels right and what feels good. And when it doesn't feel good, that's like how I know, <laughs> no, this is not me. This doesn't feel good. And the people that love me and will be there for me and want to affirm me, they'll be amazing. And then they have. And those people are still here. <laughs> and then there's some people in my life who are still not doing that great. <laughs> but I don't think it would change for a while. Like I know sometimes people's pronouns change, but they and she feels really great right now. And so I'm glad when I do experience those changes, because when I do, it's like, ooh, <laughs> growth. Ooh, yes, I know more of me. And here I am. You've personally asked me to use they, them pronouns for you a bit more. Why has that been important to you? And what does that give you, like asking that of some people you feel close to, for example? Even in my, like, if you look on my Instagram bio, it says they, she, and they just feel so much better. It's like a lot of times people think that your pronouns are literally just telling you hey, this is my gender fully, and they, them, feel so great because I have stopped trying to explain to people who I am. I know me, and I know me better than anybody else, and so they, them feels really, really good. She, her also feels great and radical, and (laughs) I will say that sometimes people only use she, her because they're not familiar with they, them, and so that's a little frustrating at times. I've also learned that the way that other people refer to me <laughs> doesn't make me any more less of me. And though it doesn't feel great all the time, it's also been peaceful and like just really a journey of, yes, so you're going to be all right in this world <laughs> because it can constantly feel like when people aren't getting your pronouns right, it's like little tiny beast things of, uh, 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 you know, and what feels great is just being at peace. Sometimes, honestly, letting it fly <laughs> off and being like, this person is not going to get it just doing that for me and my sanity and my peace. And then other times it is taking the time to say, hey, this is what I need if you're going to be here in my life. And that feels great too. And (laughs) it's tricky. Everyone's different is what I love to say. And so how you respond to how people (laughs) refer to you is up to you. You can pop off if you want to pop off. I popped (laughs) off a few times. (laughs) But also the popping off doesn't always feel great. Yeah. In order for me to go home and rest my head on my pillow without thinking about this person who isn't really that important in my life. Yeah, it's just nice to take that moment, breathe and be like, Zoa, you're you. <laughs> Let that person just brush off. Also, I talk to customers every day on the phone. <laughs> and it's also really, really powerful to be like, hey, this person doesn't know me. And this is what they're calling me. And also, I'm still me. And then it's also, oh my gosh, I love to tell this story. And I haven't told it yet. There's been customers that don't know with me <laughs> on the phone, and that feels really great. Uh, they're like, Miss or Mr. or T or T, and I'm like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't even tell them. Uh, I'm just like, Yeah, <laughs> you'd be confused because <laughs> that actually feels pretty good for them not to know. I always say, Hey, thank you for calling. Bloop. <laughs> My name is Zoa. And they're like, Oh, Zoa, that's an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> It's just nice to be at peace with who I am and not have to give other people that power to make me feel a certain type of way. You had been working as a teacher. You had left 
teaching to pursue performing full-time for quite a while. You had shows lined up back-to-back. You even had a brief stint in what was Northern California, singing carols, I think. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly right. On the Holly Jolly Trolley. (laughs) (laughs) What did you discover about yourself during that time pursuing this passion of performing full-time? Well, uh, being a professional performer... It has always been a part of me and it is me, but also getting paid to do what you love and also doing other people's shows doesn't always feel that great when you're a creative person and it's your art and expression. So instead of creating stuff, you are just producing a product that somebody else made. Performing felt great for a year. It's what I quit my job of teaching to do. I was following my dreams and I'm constantly following my dreams. After that dream, my dream was financial security. (laughs) And so... I think performing was amazing. I got to connect with so many amazing people. What I discovered about myself (laughs) is that I would say that the performing world felt so, in some ways, so much safer. Uh, Safer is the term that I'll use of a space than other job fields and career paths. It felt easier for me to express myself and say, hey, this is who I am. It was great, but I want to put out my own art into the world. I want to create my own stuff. And it's been nice getting paid for the stuff that I make personally. Yeah, that's what I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're working a nine to five type of job. I know that's not exactly your hours, but for the purposes of our conversation, you're working that nine to five. Cue Dolly, I guess. Working nine to five. (laughs) What a way to make a living. You hear the nails. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I haven't heard you do the nail thing in a while. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) Going from the inconsistent life of, you know, being a performer, because you can have like really odd hours, usually they're like later at night, depending, sometimes they can be afternoons and stuff for matinees, etc. And then going to something that's more structured. How has that adjustment been for you? Honestly, it's been tough, but I've been a trooper. (laughs) I felt like I had opened up to the world and put myself out there and said, hey, this is Zoa. And then I had to do it all over again in this professional setting of a training classroom. And so there's people that aren't constantly surrounded by queer people like we are with the musical theater world, you know? And so even just me saying, hey, I'm Zoa, I use they, them, she, her pronouns was so new to some people. (laughs) And they were like, what? (laughs) And I was like, yep. (laughs) Some people were great, but it took them a while. I do want to mention, we spoke about this earlier, but I want to mention Miss V. There's somebody at my job named Miss V. She could be my auntie. She was just such a maternal figure. And it was so cool to see somebody where she is in life show up for me. And she learned how to use they, them pronouns. In class, she was constantly studying and being the best. And she was the only one that took the time to go and learn how to use they, them pronouns. Everybody else would use she, her pronouns. And some people wouldn't even try. And that was tough. But to see... Other people stand up for me and correct people for me with my pronouns. felt amazing. I will also say that the piece that I was talking about earlier of like letting them just stay over there in their bubble and me be me uh, feels amazing too. There are like situations where you and I have to navigate that because it's not easy. Like you said, it's you got to protect your peace and you have to decide what is going to best serve you in that moment. So that's why sometimes people may wonder why I don't correct a barista who I'm buying like an overpriced coffee from, you know, because at the end of the day, am I really going to see this person again? If I feel like I'm going to have a meaningful connection with somebody 
and I'm going to see them on a regular basis, right? Like in your case, that was like specific to a training class and you were being onboarded with different people, but you probably don't interact with some of those same people, right? Exactly. I don't. And yeah. some of those people that were doing pretty great in the past, then now when I run into them, it reverts back to before. Just with job settings or with anywhere in general, when we are forced to change settings and stuff too, we're introduced to all new people. And what I wish for the job field is that <laughs> when I go in there and I say, hey, I'm trans and I'm non-binary, use they, them, and she, her pronouns, it would be amazing <laughs> if I don't have to do it in every single space. Like, okay, then this is for me. This is what I would like. Some people might not want everybody to know, but I would love it if, okay, we're moving Zoa over here. Let's go ahead and let everybody know, hey, this is Zoa. This is what Zoa needs so I can feel safe and so I don't have to feel awkward around these introductions because I don't even have time to introduce myself to the people. We're just in passing and we're instantly going to work. It could be facilitated in a better way for us by the jobs. And there was one moment where they were like, what do you want us to do? There's restrooms at the job and they're just single store. It's a single restroom, right? On the door, it has like a picture of what looks like a man and a woman or whatever. And so I use that bathroom only, and I would only like to use that bathroom. But the frustrating thing is it's always taken because there's only one. And I brought that up to the company and then they said, well, is there anything else? That, uh, we can't do anything about that right now, but is there anything else that we can do for you to make this feel better for you? And I was like, yeah, this, I mentioned making the spaces feel like me not have to go in a place and be like, hey, this is who I am, you know, and getting them caught up to speed because it's a lot of people. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Folks need accommodations at work because we thrive in different environments mm -hmm. and what may work for one person won't necessarily work for other people. And so I wish that we could be more honest in saying like, these are some accommodations I need and just normalizing that. But because our society is so ableist, a lot of folks who are disabled, as an example, there's a lot of fear in sharing their accommodations or sharing any diagnoses they may have. Like, should I go back to the nine to five world for any reason? I don't know that I want to tell them I'm ADHD and autistic because I think they could just use that as a way to rule me out as a possibility for filling that role. And I'm not saying it's exactly the same thing, but I think it's similar to like the pronoun situation where, yeah, I don't want to have to sit here and educate everybody. I don't want to have to have all of these one-off conversations. I don't even want to be the person who's doing the training anymore because I don't get like any extra pay for it or anything like that. It's just more like emotional labor and everything that I'm providing. Yeah. But I do need people to be on top of it. And so, yeah, I just, if we could just, there's a lot of systems we have to like throw a wrench in, yeah. but if, if we weren't so ableist and all that, I feel like it'd be easier to be able to ask for a request and like share that we need these things. But because we've also got things like ableism in play, it just, yeah, it makes it really hard to navigate these situations. And then we're made to feel like we're asking for too much or that we should understand and that, you know, this isn't yeah. like the norm. And it's like, well, because we've made it that way. We haven't made it so that people feel safer to have these conversations. And if you're not going to follow up with people who are like protesting using like someone's pronouns and how they want them to be used, then yeah, it, it, you're creating an environment that's just not good.
for anybody. Yeah, I hear you. And it makes us feel like an, an inconvenience when we have to speak up. And then also just like, I love the word accommodations that you mentioned, like even in the learning setting for the classroom, there was ways that I knew that I can learn better. And there's ways that other people could learn better. But a lot of times we don't voice it because this is a job where we're getting paid. And if we are too much or whatever, will they want us there? Will they think we're causing like a ruckus or stirring up problems? And even just with like pronouns and stuff, like me speak up and saying, hey, this is what I need. Sometimes it's scary. Or even me wearing the clothes that I want to wear and wearing makeup and having long nails. It feels like, what if one day they're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to have you here. We don't want to see you. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just scary being trans and non-binary in the workplace. Um, and even putting yourself out there for job opportunities because you never know what the people are going to come back with. And hopefully good jobs come and hopefully there's jobs that are affirming, but we just never know. And yeah. As your friend, I've known landing this job has been a big deal in particular because you've done like different job fairs and things like that. And it wasn't easy. You've had to make decisions around whether or not to put your pronouns on your resume, because that can be a way that we get rolled out for positions as well. Like we don't even get a chance. People see that and it's just like automatic, like trash pile mm -hmm. or discard pile, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about what decisions have you had to make in this process? How have you protected not only your peace, but how have you also been able to find ways to bring parts of yourself to work? A big part of me being me is my hair and my nails. Also, the makeup I wear, it's like routine, even if I'm running late, <laughs> which I somehow magically make it to work on time every day. But this face takes a while, <laughs> like uh, longer than it should. Or I have so much time in the morning and I'm awake early. It's what's like, okay, so uh, I know you're not wearing fully what you like, but even your clothes still have a little hint of Zoa. When I'm there, I still feel like me, but I definitely feel like a dimmed down version of me. I want to have fun at work every day, and I do, and I make people smile. But also, if I was really, truly free, I know I would be wearing something different, and I know I would be a little more free, you know? And so I'm proud of myself for how I have shown up. And still, even with that dimness, it is still very bright for some people. And I love it, and I'm proud of myself. When I was going for the job interviews, I did put they, them pronouns on my resume. I didn't put she, her pronouns. I guess I was scared. I was scared that by putting that, they would be like, oh, wait a minute. What? Uh, I just needed a job. <laughs> I had to be able to have a job to survive. And so I think it's okay if you need to do that to get in the door and then be like, hey, this is who I am. And even if you get in the door, someone, a person who's close to me, they were like, they weren't telling me to do this, but them in the workplace, you don't always have to tell everybody everything. You don't always have to be open about everything. Even if I went fully, fully incognito and wasn't myself just to make money and just to feel like I have security. I feel like that's valid and that's okay to survive. A lot of people do it when they go out and then they're performing on stage at nighttime or something and then they have to go into a workplace and be called all the things that don't feel right. I'm not saying that it's the way the world should be, but shoot, <laughs> we need money and we need to survive. So I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of the people that are showing up in the workforce whether or not they do fully express themselves. Yeah, because something that's changed for me since you and I have spoken is that I've been more intentional about unmasking around my ADHD and autism. And sometimes that means I come out really messy. I mean, I was telling you, right before you and I started chatting today, 
I had come right out of a session with an organization and it got messy. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'll like stutter sometimes or say word like I'm thinking of it now and I'm like already stumbling through the word just thinking about it. But like I was trying to say a particular word and I kept saying it wrong and I finally got to like the word I needed to say. And I've worried in some ways people would think less of me for that. And I hope that's not the case because I actually think it's really great that I can make those mistakes, but there's still value just because I'm like, stumbling on my words and I'm still waking up a bit doesn't mean that I don't still have value doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about right like we all have those moments where we're not always coming across how we'd like or maybe as strongly as we'd like though yeah so I know that when I've seen that in others when they've allowed that vulnerability the messiness it's not this like perfect polished thing it just feels a lot better and so that's what I've been trying to adopt a lot more and yeah it feels good now I may read the I may read the survey results later and hear feedback otherwise that they didn't appreciate it. But then, you know, then my message and all of that is is not for them. But yeah, I'm wondering if that like resonates at all for you. It does. I honestly know that I'm a gift (laughs) to this world and to the people that I encounter. They do get to feel my glow. I have a new supervisor and she's really learned how to, she asked me what kind of coaching I need. And that's been amazing. I know that I can show up and I can just be me. I can be goofy. I don't have to be perfect all the time. And I can have these conversations with the people that I'm talking to on the phone and not be perfect. And that's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard when you, like, I always feel like people are seeing me and judging me. And sometimes I don't want to be seen, but I know for the most part, <laughs> and even when I get like the shady stuff from people, I know it's just me glowing, you know? And whatever way that means, I can talk the way that I want to talk. I can be free. And the best parts about us are not always pretty, especially when we have both sides of those. I mean, I'm pretty, freaking pretty, obviously. But, (laughs) (laughs) and that type of thing that I just said right there is the type of thing that people would constantly be like, Zoe, don't talk about yourself that way or don't have that kind of confidence or that kind of like self-love, you know? (laughs) You know how long it takes people to get to a place where they can say that? Like, because the world is constantly telling you not to. Oh my goodness. If I'm showing up at all, I am proud of myself because for everybody, it's, it's hard. And so many people don't, don't get to glow and they're just constantly being small. And that small is beautiful too, because it's hard to show up in the world, but I want to glow and shine. When you and I are interacting with the public, like those phone calls that you're taking during the day, they're likely making snap judgments about us, including assuming pronouns and labels. And this amplifies, again, when we're in a role for a job that requires us to interact with the general public daily. I'm wondering about like how, I mean, because you've mentioned that you don't let what people are saying like impact you in a negative way as much as possible and you realize it's more about them and less about you and all of that. But is there anything else that's been especially helpful, especially over the phone, interacting with people who don't know you as well? Actually, over the phone, it feels fine. In person, when they know me, know me, and they see me, not even just seeing me, but it's the constant, like, did you ever see that meme with the person that's doing the slow blink and it's like, like, uh, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, 
did this person really just say this to me type slow blink mm-hmm. person with blonde hair in the meme <laughs> and that's how i feel every time someone does it in person or somebody just says something that doesn't feel great and that's my way of getting <laughs> getting past it is just having a little judgy moment of did you just really <laughs> to me and sometimes they notice and i've seen people correct themselves like oh i mean uh what were your pronouns that kind of stuff like with people i'm just meeting but over the phone i'll be honest because they don't know me <laughs> And because they can't see me, and not even just about the visual of me, but I'm still Zoa. I'm giving them the Zoa, <laughs> but also I'm not uh, phased by it at all. I can connect with people over the phone, and it's nice. It's kind of like an escape from what I experience on a daily basis, um, walking out into the world as trans and non-binary. It's not taking it away when I do go into that customer space of, hey, I'm talking to a person and they don't fully know how to be there for me. It just feels free and peaceful to just be and let it be, you know? Yeah, I don't always have a poker face. And I'm not saying everyone should have to have one, but I don't always have a poker face. So, And I feel like that has been more and more true as I get older. And so when I was that barista slinging those overpriced coffees to people, I remember this couple came in and they were fighting over my gender right in front of me. And I'm just like, I have the answer, but I don't think y'all are really interested in that. You're just like doubling down on who's right. Like, clearly that's a woman or clearly that's a man. And I'm like, Whoa. both of y'all are wrong. Now what? You know, but I didn't say that because I didn't have that kind of confidence and all of that when I was of that age. I was in my early 20s and awkwardly stumbling through things. But like you said, I there are times that I can just like really let it slide and not let it bother me. It still hurts Mm -hmm. me. It still hurts. I still feel it. I hear it every time Mm -hmm. and I hear it when someone's hesitating, right? There's like different ways it'll come through, but yeah, there's just a lot of times that in certain situations, it's easier to let go and not worry about it. Like for example, I was yesterday, I went to an organization I'm going to be working with and we had an in-person meeting to help build that rapport. So I introduced myself. I was like, here's what we're talking about over the next couple of months. You know, this is what it might look like, et cetera. And, you know, we'll adjust and all that as necessary. And the person who introduced me first didn't know me and didn't know my pronouns. And I don't know if that had been communicated to this person before we met, but that said, use he, him pronouns for me. And I was like, we're going to hear from Charlie today. And I... I just, I looked at the one person who like knew my pronouns for sure and like was trying not to like, I don't know, give her a face. Like, you know, that like when you're at like something and something happens and that like slow link you're talking about, but you try to give it to your friend Mm -hmm. because it's that knowing look of like, oh no, they did not just do that. (laughs) Like, are you going to do something about this kind of thing? Yeah. But I tried not to do that. But I just, you know, without like making that person feel badly or anything, when I ended up introducing myself, like I just shared my pronouns and all of that. And like, it's fine. It doesn't have to be this big thing. Mm -hmm. And they didn't like apologize or anything after. And I don't think I needed that, but I hope they heard me. So like moving forward, they don't default to he, him again. And I, I kind of don't blame them for doing that because well, that's like what we're taught to do. We're taught to like, look for these clues and gender expression is to like, you know, figure out what pronouns and stuff to use for someone. But it, yeah, it never feels great, and there's no reason I needed to like pop off, like you say, on them or anything, because the person just didn't know, and I was able to like share it with everyone like almost immediately after that. So yeah, yeah, it's like sometimes hard to shake those off. Yeah, it is, and I love what you're saying because I just always picture like 
younger people and it's uh, or, or anybody just popping off because somebody didn't get it all right you know and it's possible too and it's it's valid too but i just remember doing it and it never felt great for me and it felt even more draining and so i think it's really cool uh, and also a gift to say to people hey you don't have to take what they're doing to you or saying and not getting right you don't have to take that on and carry that burden it can be for them and them figuring it out too like the <laughs> you know like when people are like uh, uh he, she, um, uh, the, uh, I, like the the little <laughs> stumbling, and I'm just doing the slow blink <laughs> and or <just> smiling. <laughs> it's really cool to just be and let it be. And I always picture like us all like congregating somewhere. I picture like the Sims with the green thing over the head lets you know like pronouns and what feels good, but also maybe it actually lets you know the essence of the person, which. We don't get from people's pronouns or who they are. I feel like if we were in a different, brought up in a different world and a different time, like in a, if it was all of us just raised in a space, people who explore their gender identity or people who use different pronouns, it would be so interesting to see what the vibes would be like. And then when people don't know how to be there for us, and I'm not saying that we're perfect because sometimes we mess up too, because we were also raised in this society. It would be interesting to see and how much, hopefully, less <laughs> less harm is caused from being in a space that's for us, you know? Yeah, you're describing this need for a tool to help us more easily get a better sense of somebody so that we can know how to best honor them and, and interact with them, which is going to be an ongoing process that will continue to shift and change. And what it also reminds me of is I had just recently made a reel on Instagram about how people just keep labeling me and throwing labels on me without checking in with me to make sure it really honors me. So I didn't mention this part in the reel, but you know, that first term was tomboy and it was harmless. And I sort of like latched onto it because there was something about it that was appealing to me and I'm still trying to figure out my relationship to it. So I talked about how, yeah, so it started with tomboy. And then when People from the community were like forcing me into the box of like butch lesbian or like stone butch in some cases. Like I didn't like that either because it it didn't resonate, but that's what the language was that people kept giving me and placing on me. And then even worse, they kept measuring me up to like how much I lived up to that or not. I'm like, you put this label on me. I didn't ask for this. I'm not a like, so I adopted it by force it felt and so that's how i call myself but yeah it was never enough for people or, or whatever then now present day it's manifested into people calling me trans masculine or saying that i'm masculine and stuff and i'm like i'm not though they're like but your beard i'm like stop that's not you're not getting me if all you see is my beard and that's how you're like molding your thoughts and like around me as, as a human, like this isn't going to work out. I need you to see beyond that. It is just like a stem toy as far as I'm concerned. Number one, I feel like it looks good on me. And number two, it's just a stem. I just like playing with it and how it looks. And, you know, some folks, I mean, my <laughs> my reels don't always go blip like yours do. <laughs> I'm just using your language. Um, So I wasn't prepared for like over 6,000 views or wherever it's at now and all of the likes and stuff. But it's really resonated with people because I think it just highlighted that we don't want to be put in a box and that rather we'd like to be able to describe our own experiences and the language that we feel best reflects that right now. And so someone in particular had commented, and I'm so grateful that they had, that something to the effect of 
you know, we're 4D or 5D people and people are only seeing us in 2 or 3D. So like, that's what this is reinforcing for me is like, that's why you're talking about like that Sims diamond or whatever it is that like would float above us. It's just that, yeah, we have a limited understanding of some of the language and nuance with our identities because like there are macro and micro labels we use to describe our experiences more often than not depending on my like relationship to someone i'll talk about some of the macro labels but i won't always get into the nitty-gritty of like well yeah i'm ace in a few different ways too and this and that and the other and like you had so beautifully given us a lot of examples of galaxies and marble and stuff like that and i really latched onto that so i'd come across a tool about explaining your gender in terms of like a gender galaxy and like a sexuality galaxy. And then I'd made my own, which I'd also thrown up on my Instagram and now I need to do like the revised version, but it just felt like a better, more freeing way to put on something. What is most important to me? So I put like that I'm a gender on there, which is something I don't usually share with folks. And that my autism is like heavily interlocked with that. Like there's a big intersection there in terms of like, again, like my beard and stuff. It's not me trying to be masculine. It's more of like a sensory thing. Or I put like my values on there. I have like my they, them pronouns orbiting really close to me as Charlie in the center because yeah, those feel really important to me. But the other stuff feels a little bit less so. It's like more of a way to like, yeah, okay, I'm queer in a bunch of different ways. But like, I just don't always want to have to get into it with people and like help them, I don't know, like evolve like Pokemon or something. I know that's part of what I signed up to do, but it's different when I'm being paid for it versus like, yes, someone is trying to connect with me. If it's coming from a place of curiosity and stuff and I have the energy and all for it. Yes, sure. Let's have that conversation. But yeah, I'm finding it's just hard sometimes when people don't have some of the same tools as me to like have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I can really, I love that picture that you painted with the galaxy and I do just feel like people always assume and they try to make us very simple. Like they try to just be like, oh, you're gay or you're straight. (laughs) Or if you're trans, this means that it's this, like it's literally just this or that. And that's not it for everybody. Literally everybody in the world is not as simple as people try to make them out to be. I feel like maybe some people feel okay with like us just saying this for them, but (laughs) It's so much more beautiful and deeper to really dive into who you are and be able to say to the world. And and it's funny how only some of us, (laughs) it it seems like only some of us do fully like try to get deeper and feel like, hey, this is me and say it to the world. I feel like sometimes people are still just looking at me and saying, hey, (laughs) you're just a gay man that has long hair and nails. And and that is like the furthest from me at all. And um, it's hard when people can't see that. I have found so much freedom in actually being me and people can't see it. But then it's also like, you know what? I am me. And to everybody that is struggling with that, I feel like it's beautiful to to sit in that and be like, <laughs> look what I've done in a world that told me this is who I am. And then I've actually found me, you know? Yeah. Because I can anticipate someone seeing you, maybe even reading you as like a trans femme or... Mm-hmm or something like that. Yeah. And they're getting closer to seeing you, but it's not the full picture, but I could see themselves like patting themselves on the back. Like, look at me. Like, <laughs> I talk to this person. Yeah. I'm so smart and evolved. <laughs> like, okay, well, that's not the point of this. We really need to mirror the language that people are using to describe themselves yeah. and not put them in any sort of box or, yeah. And then when we are corrected, just take it as gracefully as possible because 
we're not always just going to get people, especially by just looking at them and interacting with them for like five seconds. Definitely. I will say that <laughs> there's been a select few times where it felt like people could see me and get me like instantly. And those have been magical moments. Like with my friend who I'm always acting a fool with online, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? His house mother, like when she met me, it was amazing. She was like, oh my goodness, you are my new non-binary child. And like also daughter felt great when she said it too. And it just, for some people, it's like, okay, you see me, you don't have to put on all these labels on me and you like, it just feels free and like, wow. And also when people are confused too, <laughs> that feels great sometimes too. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, yeah, you're being seen in a way that they can't like quite articulate, but you can tell that they're kind of getting you because yeah, the wheels are spinning. Yeah. <laughs> they may not have the language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bleep bloop. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We short circuit people and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Brain glitching. My brain glitches all the time. <laughs> Thank you, neurodivergence. I appreciate it. I actually do. Sometimes it is really fun. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like, okay, you're non-binary and amongst all these other identities. And so, yeah, I'm sure. And, and this may have happened also in the episode with MJ that just came out as well. MJ was describing how they sometimes use gendered terms to describe themselves and their experience because it also helps to highlight the fact that they're queer because they want to be seen as queer in certain circumstances. But like they were talking about how they are their partner's wife or they are their wife's wife and not the partner intentionally, but like they're not their parent's daughter. And I don't know that everyone can fully comprehend the difference between those and why we may choose to use, like you said, daughter felt affirming in the way with that particular house mother. It's just sometimes it's like connection based. Yeah, for sure. And also it feels really great when people say happy Mother's Day to me, even if it's for my pets or even if it's for like children that I have taken on in the world of us just existing in this world, that feels amazing too. And so I think people don't always have to understand. They really don't. <laughs> they just like, we're all going to be us. And I don't know, it's really annoying actually when people try to understand me. They're like, oh, so how does this work? And how do you mean? I'm like, um, <laughs> can you go away and leave me alone? And just, you can look at me if you want, but also <laughs> I'm just trying to be here. Like somebody came up into my DMs and said all of this stuff about their opinions and religion and all this stuff and gender. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> go away. And I'm going to still be here. And I don't have time. I know what we put out can be seen as educational and stuff. But to be honest, it just flows out of me when I post something online. Like you said, if I'm not getting paid for it, um, sometimes I just want to exist. And I think there are folks who feel entitled or that they have a right to our stories and how we've landed on certain things. And it's like, I don't know. It just makes me think of Steven Universe and I'm an experience or whatever, you know, just like get to know me in other ways. We don't, need to go on this like i don't know archaeological dig or something it doesn't really have to be that serious and it's not like i don't have times where i like going into that with people it just feels a lot better with other people who are at some of my same intersections for sure i agree and it's so nice recently i've been connecting with a lot of people who feel great and i believe i told you that you're one of the first people to start feeling great for me, since I've been being more of me <laughs> and the connections that I've been making, it's just nice when I know I wouldn't have said this to somebody else, but that person can say things that they want to say with me. 
and it's just there. And it's like, yes, but I would never say to somebody else because they haven't opened up that part to where I feel safe to talk to them about the procedures that I want or talk to them about whether or not I want to take hormones or anything like that. And the other people that try to pry for it, <laughs> it feels awful talking to it about it. Like, how do you change your name legally and all this kind of stuff? And I'm just like, I don't know you. And you are not in my same <laughs> sphere of me existing. So please just stay in your bubble and let me connect with the people that feel great. There's been times you've been lucky as far as, and this shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't have to phrase it this way, but it does feel that way. There's been times that you've released reels out into the world and you'll end up on like the not as great side of Instagram and then like hate comments start coming and everything when that's happening, because everyone wants something different, how do you wish people would show up on your page? I know that lately you've been really great about asking for what you need and saying, can you show this video more love or whatever? But like, yeah, how would you like people to show up for you when things like that are happening on your page? Oh my goodness. There's been times where those hate comments, <laughs> like they were all coming from Germany one time. You were amazing and you always have been. Like, I remember one time you shared it and you were like, hey, please go show Zoa some love. They're getting a lot of hate on this video. And so I love drowning out the comments, flooding the comments with like hearts or like just positive. It doesn't always have to be positive, but to be honest, I don't like when people go at those people who are throwing like the shade and the hate and like the awful stuff. But I do like it when the message of, hey, Zoa, <laughs> thank you for being visible and existing, or I needed to see that type thing is louder than someone saying that you're a man and you, whatever they say, like it, it, it's, been, it's been pretty awful sometimes. And just reading it is like a jolt of somebody, like, would they say this to me in person? And would they hurt me in person? <laughs> to be honest, I think most of the time it's a no, but it's still scary. And that just makes me think like, from what I get on social media sometimes, it, it's why I don't go on TikTok as much because it's just constantly funneled out to the wrong people. And I don't know. It also feels like sometimes when I share online or social media that I do have a message, but because I'm getting hate comments, it's not spread as far and wide because when we report it, it just feels like Instagram's like, or TikTok's like, oh, let's stop this before it goes any further with people saying awful things. I don't know. It hurts. And I want to put myself out there because I feel like I do need to be seen for the younger me who needed to be seen, but also people who need to see me. But it, it hurts that people say stuff about me when they don't know me, like bad stuff about me, because the truth is I would never say something about them. I know how bad it feels to hurt <laughs> and be targeted online. I don't even like the word targeted. It just hurts. And it's nice to, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of emotional. Like, I like social media. I like putting myself out there. But it, it's nice to take a step back and also to just be like, mm, no, fuck this. I'm going to just live for real. But also, I will say that this social media has got me my best connections. Like, I know you. I know other friends that I wouldn't have met before that helped me feel like I'm not alone, you know? It can come with a lot of good. It's also just like learning when to not doom scroll and to not look at the comments. And why it felt important to ask you that question too is because I recently came across a hate account on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I noticed 
a lot of people I know on there, either literally friends or just people I follow and that you likely follow as well. And I was horrified. I didn't like go and watch the videos to see what all hot garbage I knew that they were going to be spewing or anything like that. I barely went into the comments because there were like hundreds of comments and they were not good, like the first couple I saw. So I, I didn't do that to myself. I know some people can't like help but because it comes from a place of wanting to be, I guess, educated and not realizing that like it's causing more damage than good. Like we know that people can be nasty. I don't think we need to see the specifics of it. So I started reporting the account. I started reporting the videos, but because I saw some people I knew on there, I had to like take a moment and think critically and ask myself, okay, if someone found this about me, which I'm, it's only a matter of time, right? But if someone found this about me online, how would I want them to approach me about this? And I chose love. And so I decided that I couldn't act like I hadn't seen it. So I reached out to two people in particular and I said, hey, I want to let you know that like, I came across something. One of your videos is in it. I want to give you the freedom of choice, like if you want to see this or not and what you want to do about it. And I let them know, like, I would be reporting the account and the video and everything. But like, I wanted to give them the freedom of choice of how they wanted to protect their peace moving forward. In both instances, they wanted it to be shared, but they had told me that especially one in particular told me like other people didn't offer that same kindness. They just like sent it to them or whatever. But like, we have to think about this. Like, how is this going to impact somebody? It's like, we think we were doing someone like a solid or something in that, but like, really think about it for a minute. Like, how would you want someone who cares about you to tell you something that can be really charged and hurtful? And, you know, so that felt like the move. But I just, like you said, I don't know that people are always thinking that way. And then sometimes they feel that interacting with those people and then like using some of the same tools and tactics will help and things. And it's like, it doesn't though. Cause at the end of the day, we're not making any progress. Yeah. So it's, it's tricky and challenging. And I don't want to always act like I have the answers or something. Cause I don't, but I just know that like, yeah, if people are interacting on my page and that's what I feel like, it just feels really important the same way that we might every now and then reintroduce ourselves on social media. Be like, hey, by the way, I'm Charlie Ocean. My friends are they them. This is who I am. Da, da, da. You know, there's been a lot of new followers. So kind of thing. I feel like I want to start adding to that. Like, this is how I hope people will show up on my page because it is my page. Yes, it's also on the Internet <laughs> and you're opening yourself to certain things, but it's my page. So, yeah, like I am going to block people without warning if I feel like that's going to protect my peace or I am going to delete certain comments like for myself. And this is why everyone I feel like needs to take the time to sit with themselves and think about what works best for them. But for me, that means not letting those comments continue to exist on my page. Like I'm going to delete them because I'm thinking about like younger Christina or when I was Riley or Chris Angel or any of the other like versions of myself. Like I'm also protecting them and loving them too. And yeah, I think not only does it harm me, but it's also going to harm people coming to my page. I don't need them to see all of that mess. So, but again, it's just, it's such a personal individualized thing that I have to communicate. This is like, the vibe I want for my page and how I would like for people to show up and then people can leave if they don't think they can honor that. But yeah, everyone has to decide for themselves like what those lines and boundaries are. So there's like a person that you and I both follow that will share photos of themselves in like bikinis and stuff or whatever you want to call it. But what I've loved that they've done is, and they're probably listening, so hi. Um, 
I love what they've done. Yeah, is that every time they do that, and it's a very vulnerable thing, they always like let it be known what their boundaries are for the most part. They almost always say like, I'm only looking for like comments and like uplifting ones from like folks also in the LGBTQ plus community and allies. You can just like share hearts or something or whatever, you know, because like sometimes when we're seeking feedback, we really only want it from certain people of like certain experiences, et cetera, because like they're more likely to get it and honor us in a way that we feel more seen. You know, the tenderness of not having the space to hold for people who may not get it exactly right. Yeah. So I've loved that. It's made me really happy. And then I show up for them, you know, anytime I can in that way. And yeah, I think it's great because we're normalizing the accommodations, the boundaries, whatever you want to bucket it as, label it as, whatever. Because, you know. Asking for what you need. Um, you taught me that like uh, back, back when I first met you. And I started sharing some stories, what I needed from people or what, I, what felt good. And yeah, for me, <laughs> I did want to share about one comment. <laughs> Yeah. The person specifically said, oh my gosh, nothing's real about you. Not even your nails. And these are real nails. <laughs> and so it was just laughable to me too. And people don't that they're trying to invalidate my existence by saying that I'm not real or whatever, but like, I'm right here and these are real. <laughs> and it's funny how they think that their words are going to somehow, uh, I don't, I don't know what they think they're going to do, but, uh, I'm proud of us. <laughs> and yeah, even if they were not real, who cares? <laughs> you know, it's me. You and I had talked about some discoveries you've been making about yourself since we last spoke. And you and I both know Maze. Maze was on semi recently. Maze and I were talking about like T for T or trans for trans relationships and how they hit differently. You and I also talked a little bit about like polyamory. Your language was like super cute about it too, because you, what did you call it? I'm trying to find it in mind. Oh, poly exploratory, polyam exploratory. Yeah. Like I was making up my own terms <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I don't know what to call me right now. Like kind of, I'm like witnessing amazing people that are, who practice polyamory and it's amazing and I love it. And I'm like, whoa, mind blown because we don't just have to only be with one person and it's beautiful to see love in this way. What I am loving is connecting with these people and just knowing that maybe what I thought I had to have for love because of what we were told doesn't have to be that way, especially when I'm finding so much else about myself out. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> when I'm connecting with people, whether it's for a relationship or for romantic, like, you know, it can be in whatever way that I want and I can make the rules and I can decide, Hey, this is what feels good. And it's just been nice to connect with people. Um, I have one person that's a friend and that feels great. And then another person that's been like kind of a romantic interest right now. <laughs> and there is another person <laughs> I will say was a big part of the awakening before, before I met this last person. And um, it was like, wait a minute, this feels really good. I'll say, Maze, I love you. And I loved your podcast and listening to it with Charlie felt amazing because <laughs> when we connect and we can show love to each other and T for T relationships, it just feels so good. It's like, it's another wall that's broken down. And it's also just, I feel safer. One, sexually, yes. And then also two, just sharing things that, I, I don't know. I've had a really bad experience recently where someone was like, if you ever do this to your body, I, uh-uh. And that was somebody that I thought I was falling for, somebody that I thought I was loving. And so, yeah, it's just been nice to 
be free and just be like, hey, I don't just have to be like these Hallmark movies that I would love to watch, where it's just a couple that is falling in love and that's it. And they're with each other forever, blah, blah, blah. When I had a sexual experience with somebody recently, and even just the cuddling and even the conversations, it felt somewhat safer, us both being trans. It just, it feels freer and it feels safer and it feels better. Just figuring it out there. That's why I say poly exploratory because I'm still figuring me out and it feels good to be open and free to finding me more. I'd say that I'm just like really failing with words lately as far as like relationships go of all kinds because there's people like you, my friend Ed, my friend Dulcie. There's like different people in my life that I feel very close to and I don't want to say that friend can't be intimate or that friendships can't be intimate, but there are times it feels like there isn't a word strong enough to describe the bond I have with the people I care about. Like calling them, you know, I don't want to say like my best friend because we're getting closer, but it still doesn't feel right. But yeah, when I'm talking about like people I like love and care for so much, like another person just going to name drop slowly everyone I love. <laughs> you know, like Tanya, like I just, I wish I had better language that felt like it encapsulated our intimacy with each other yeah. in terms of like what we share with each other, how we hang out, how comfortable we are with each other. Like it just feels like sometimes friend or best friend or closer, whatever isn't enough. Yeah, I relate to that. And I hear what you're saying. I remember I said friends family for us, but yes, that, that still sounds cheesy and not as like lovey-dovey, but it's kind of cute anyways. But I, I know what you mean. And then also what you were saying too about just what we need in relationships. Like I look back and I'm like, what if I actually said what I needed while I was in that relationship and asked her what I needed? And that's why polyamory seems so beautiful in a way is because hopefully there is more open communication and freedom, but also... I just love connecting with people. And so when I'm limited to who I can connect to, that's kind of scary sometimes. It's like, wait a minute, I can only connect with you and feel this type of way with you. Like I have a friend and people always think we're in a relationship because of how we act around each other. And we're not. And we've always acted that way, even when I was in a relationship. And it's us. And it's, it's a beautiful connection, you know? And that's, it comes back to the full circle of like people needing to put us in a box. Mm -hmm. Ourselves, our relationships, like, again, it feels important to find a word, a term, a phrase or something to help describe my relationships in like a better nutshell to even like start to like, you know, scratch beneath the surface there a little bit more. But I don't want people to try to like put a a box up for like you and I or anything like that. There's this like cute thing that someone said online somewhere that when you're trying to put people in a box it's kind of like when you try to put a cat in a box they're not always happy about that <laughs> they have to want to be in that box and i feel like the same thing applies for us like our labels macro micro our relationship like all of it we have to want to go in that box so don't put us in that box i don't want to be in that box yeah. charlie i don't yeah. like that box and i've been no. fighting that box my whole life anytime somebody tells me one tells me what to do or tells me like who I am, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I know me and I'm learning me, but you don't get to tell me that and you don't get to tell me what to do. And also I'm gonna do me either way. So get back and I am an angry cat. I'm gonna break out of this box and rip it up, tear it up. And I'm also gonna shit on it too. Yes. Oh, that kind of <laughs> It was funny too. Cause like I had that song, like get back, get back. You don't know me like that. And I can't even remember where that comes from. <laughs> I remember that. Is that maybe a movie even? Uh, 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it bad boys? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, is that it? I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Don't quote us, y'all. If you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. This is how I work, is I think in song lyrics and stuff, or like movie quotes or TV quotes. Maybe it was ludicrous. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. yes. Luda. Thank you. Luda. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Zoa, I love you. Thank you for doing life with me in our own weird, unique, beautiful, glittery, unicorn galaxy way. It was such an honor to have you back. Well, folks, thanks for your patience with some of the tech blips throughout the episode. I don't know what was going on, but I tried to smooth it out as much as possible. Speaking of big updates, just kind of casually dropped that I'm going by Charlie. So I'm going by Charlie Ocean now. So instead of being called Chris Angel, I'm asking folks to call me Charlie. That's, yeah, my, my new full name. I'm in the process of still switching everything everywhere, so it may be confusing for a bit. If you'd like to read more about why and how I got here, I wrote a long Substack post about it, which is a new account I just started up. I'm just feeling really constrained by algorithms and character limits and all of that. I can't do it. Like long form is the best form for me and it allows me to complete my thoughts in a way that feels really good. So if you want to know more about my personal journey and also some things I'm thinking about in terms of my career as someone who's an LGBTQ plus speaker, trainer, consultant, podcaster, and all these other things, that's where that kind of content is going to go. And I'm still going to be posting on LinkedIn and Instagram, and likely a lot of that content is going to come from my Substack because I think that's just starting to feel like the best place for me. I also want to send a massive thank you to everyone who helped to support the Indiegogo campaign. Your support to help keep allyship as a verb going means the world to me. This is one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish I could reach out and fist bump, high five, or hug, or whatever would feel best to y'all, like each and every one of you, because it, it really does mean that much to me, so thank you. And now we're going to get to the final three self-reflection questions. Number four, if I work or go to school... What's an accommodation I wish I could have? Number five, who was the last person to uplift me? How did that feel? Number six, what do I do to protect my own peace? Visit allyshipisaverb.com for any resources and a full transcript of the episode. And remember... Sometimes allyship is sharing an episode with someone who you think may like it.